Y'all ready to go? Amen. Week two. We're talking about the Holy Spirit again today, and I'm excited about it because it's something that's very, very vital to our life. Welcome to church. I enjoyed last week. Who enjoyed last week? Broken down. Just amazing. We're talking about being led today. Everybody say led. We're talking about being led by God's Spirit in our life and letting, letting it be active and, and lead us. We're talking about being Spirit-led today. Um, I believe God's Spirit should impact and influence every single thing that we do. I believe that God's Spirit should impact and influence every single thing that we do. I was talking to Pastor Andrew before church, and we always go over some things and talk about some things and project into the future, and, and we're, we're talking about God's Spirit in us and how it affects who we are and what we do, and, and we're talking about other series coming up, but, but God's Spirit should impact and influence every single thing that we do. I believe there's no area of our life that should be exempt from God's influence. We do a great job of compartmentalizing. Because we have, our, we have our home life, which is our family. We have our friends and buddies that we hang out with. We have our coworkers that we're with more than anybody else. And then we have our church life. And if we're not careful, has anybody ever used a sea container? Like a storage container that you can rent or, or purchase one for a couple thousand dollars now? Man, when you put something in that compartment and you, and you close that door, somebody asked me that they can, can mice get in there? I said, no. Nothing can get in those things. It, it, it might go in there and, and live when you, when you put stuff in there, but it cannot get in once that door is locked. And sometimes we, compartment our, we compartmentalize our lives like that. We have our work life, we have our home life, we have our friends life, we have our hobbies, and we have church. And, and sometimes they don't touch each other. Sometimes they're all independent of the other parts of our lives. And I believe, and I want you to take away from this today, that God's Spirit should impact every single part of our lives. It should obviously impact us here and what we do on Sundays and whatever we do in, in, in the kingdom. It should impact that, obviously, but it should impact our family. It should impact our marriage, our parenting, our work, our hobbies, our friends. God's Spirit should be evident in our life by how it impacts every area of our life and helps us and helps shape us into who we are. If this is the case, if we allow God's Spirit to impact every single part of our life, we will avoid a lot of trouble. Think about it. Think, think back for a minute. We all have great memories. You, may, you know, my short-term memory is getting kind of sketchy. Tawana says my hard drive is full. And there's like, I need to delete, delete some stuff or something, but I don't know. But, but we, all have a, we all have memories, and think back to a, a situation that you got yourself into, where you were in a pinch, you were in trouble, and you weren't in a good spot. Anybody got something in your mind right now? We all do, probably, if you're participating. You might just be sitting there looking at me, having a Sunday morning coma. But we can all think of some time that we've gotten ourselves in a, in a mess... We can blame other people, but most of the time our messes are our, they're our own fault. And th- think on that, on that moment for just right now, and think if I had been letting God influence that area of my life or that moment, would I have been in that situation? And most of the time, the answer is going to be no. Whether it was you got pulled over in jail, 
uh, relationship issue, something. Most of the time, we wouldn't be in the situation that we find ourselves in sometimes if we had been following God's plan for our life and not ours. Or letting God's spirit impact every decision that we make. So we, we need to kind of use this, and we're going to identify some things coming up, but, but we need to kind of use this as a roadmap. Don't we get ourselves into some situations sometimes? We do. I have, you have, we all have, so we can all be on the same page there. Today this peace, being led by the Spirit of God, can change all that. Does it mean you're never going to have opposition or trouble? No, it doesn't. It just means when you have opposition, when you have trouble, you'll see a way through it. You'll have peace through it, and it typically won't be of your own making. And you can live knowing that if you're being led by the Spirit of God, the situations you find yourself in most of the time will not be of your own making, and you can pray that way. You don't have to start out with saying, God, I'm sorry. (laughs) You don't have to start out with repentance. You can start out with praying against what you're facing. Does that make sense? We're talking about being Spirit-led. Being led by the Spirit is mentioned two places, Romans and Galatians. Romans says that we're not condemned when we're led by the Spirit. Galatians contrasts the manifestation of the fruit or the fruit and of being led by the Spirit and then what happens or what's evident in our life when we're led by the flesh. So we're going to look at those two things today. We're going to look at both of them. We're going to break them down. And we're going to establish first and foremost that we have two entities vying for our attention. We have two entities that want to drive who we are, who we become, and what we do. Number one is our flesh. Our flesh is sinful. Our flesh is fallen. The Bible says that we're all born in sin and we're shapen in iniquity. That means we all start off in the same place. We all start off born in sin and our fleshly nature wants to rule our, it wants to run us. It wants to rule our lives. But there's something else in us. It's called the spirit. It's the peace that, that wants relationship with God. It's the peace that wants to communicate with him and be with him. And we're all created with that peace as well. And those two pieces in us are always fighting. It's a war inside of us. And we're going to look at both. Let's start in Romans. Romans 8, 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. Not an opportunity, but an obligation. But it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. We're talking about spiritual life here. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Who wants to be a child of God? I will never forget when I baptized AJ. I said, AJ, why are you getting baptized? He said, because I want to be an actual child of God. How cool is that? I'll keep saying it because it's awesome. It's it's like one of those moments. That's a moment. When we're led by the Spirit, we are a child of God. But if we live by or according to our flesh, Scripture says that we will die. If we live according to our flesh, that brings death. If we live according to what God and His Spirit wants, that brings life to us. And that means we're living a Spirit-led life. Notice in, in, in this passage that the only way to overcome the flesh nature is through the Spirit. If by the Spirit... You put to death the misdeeds of the body. Not by your behavior. Not by your wishes. 
not by how to influ- in, win friends and influence people, not by any self-help book, not by anything that you can put into practice, but only by and through the Spirit of God can you put to death the misdeeds of the flesh, right? The only way we can win this battle is through the Spirit. That's the only way we win. We are powerless to defeat it on our own. We cannot do it by ourselves because our flesh will consume us. It will rule us, and it will dictate what happens in our lives. No matter how hard we try, we cannot win this battle on our own. Who's, who's independent? Any independent people here? One, two. We are all independent, and we like to say that we can fix things and we can control things, but this battle cannot be won by our intellect. It cannot be won by what we do or, or, or what we don't do. It can only be won by the Spirit of God. Galatians 5 is entitled Life by, it's subtitled Life by the Spirit. We can contrast what it's like to live according to our flesh and what it's like to live a Spirit-led life. Understand that we are free. You're all free. Every one of us, since Adam and Eve, we've been free. Even as a slave, you're free to make your own decisions to a point. But we're free people, and we can do what we want. We can make our own decisions. But this is an issue for us because we tend to make the wrong decisions many times. When we get a choice in front of us and one is good and one is bad, a lot of the times we'll pick the bad one because it's easier or it's more fun or it tastes better. Who's been given the choice before of a pineapple or a Snicker bar? Some of you would pick the pineapple. I typically would pick the Snicker bar because Snickers really satisfies. That's just a little picture. And y'all are laughing because y'all would do it too. And if you don't like Snickers, replace it with a candy bar that you like. But most of the time when we're... That's just a, a stupid little thing, but most of the time when we're confronted with a decision like that or it could be anything else... We'll pick what is easier, or what feels better, or what tastes better, or what gets us what we want faster. I know none of us, I'm not guilty of that at all. But we, we make those decisions, and, and that can be our downfall. But just because we can do something, doesn't mean that we should do something. We're free. As an adult, once you reach adulthood, after you reach, reach the age of 21, there's, there's not a lot you can't do. We are free people. We live in a free country, and we have almost anything we want at our fingertips. But just because we can do something doesn't necessarily mean we always should do something. I saw a clip the other day of, of this dude, <coughs> and I think it was on a golf course, but I'm not really sure. But this guy is just a full-blown idiot. And he walks up. There's an alligator like down toward the edge of the water and he's sneaking up on like his buddy's got the camera and he's sneaking up on this alligator and you know it doesn't take much to hold an alligator's mouth closed that's that's a known fact you can just hold it with your hands and they're not going to do much but it's the point of getting to that point (laughs) where you can hold the alligator's mouth closed and alligators look dead when they're laying on a bank and they're really not and this dude walks up, and he's like doing like this, and he's tiptoeing up to this alligator. And number one, strike one, you don't walk toward an alligator. You go the other direction. 
So he walks up to this alligator, and he's, the tail's back here, and he's walking up, and then he just steps across the alligator. He straddles the alligator, and he reaches down, and he's almost there, and that thing snaps around, and it gets ugly from there. He got away, barely, but that thing was thrashing around, and that thing can just about kill you with his tail. It wasn't a small alligator, and this, and this guy's trying to, I guess he's going to wrestle it. Dumb 101. And, and you, just because you can doesn't necessarily mean that you should. We went to the aquarium over spring, spring break with our kids, and, and they have this display and this huge catfish. thing's mouth is like this big. And all you see is its mouth and part of its head. It's back in a hole under some roots. And all you see is its head. And I think it's called noodling. Is that it? And Tristan's like, the only way you can get that catfish out is to go noodling. And that's where they get in the water, all the way, like your entire body's in the water. And you find this hole under there, and you realize there's a fish, and you stick your arm in that fish's mouth. And when it grabs your arm and you grab something inside the fish, you pull it out. Again, (laughs) just because you can do something doesn't necessarily mean that you should do something. And those are little anecdotal things, and, and that's, that's fine. But when I'm living my life on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, I'm not, I may not be wrestling an alligator or noodling a catfish, but maybe just because I can do something doesn't mean that I should do something. Just maybe because I can say something doesn't mean that I should say something. Or that I can be with someone, maybe I shouldn't be with them. Does that make sense? Let's, let's apply this to every area of our life. Just because we can doesn't mean that we should. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love and sing kumbaya. The first part of the scripture, just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do it. Don't use the fact that you're free to indulge what you want to do all the time. In other words, just because you can doesn't mean that you should. He's setting the stage here for his description in verse 13. Further down in verse 16, we're going to start there. He's, his description for the works of our flesh. These are benchmarks to let us know if we're living according to God's spirit or if we're living according to our flesh. Because if we see these things unfolding in our life, we know we're living according to one or the other. We're going to contrast these two. So Galatians 5, so I say walk by the spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. I said that earlier. Your flesh and your spirit are in conflict. They're fighting all the time. So that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. This is, what, this is what it looks like when somebody lives according to their flesh. Sexual immorality, that's adultery and fornication. Quick definitions, if you're married, stay with that person. If you're not married, stay with nobody. Right? If you're married, you got one. If you're, if you're not married, you have zero. Zero. That's sexual immorality. Impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, 
You're like, I'm not, I, I, I don't worship idols. I don't hate anybody. I'm not going to do witchcraft. How about discord? You say anything bad about anybody? That's a work of the flesh, right? Now we're getting where we live because it's, it's obvious when it appears in your life. It's obvious when somebody's a witch. Don't do that. You're like, that's not real. Yes, it is. Stories for another day. Discord. Jealousy. Uh-oh. <laughs> now we're getting a little bit where we live. Do you see her shoes? Man, I want a pair of sh- shoes like that. I can't believe he got that new TV. And I'm stuck here with my old 19-inch, 45-pound, big, thick thing that it, it just don't work. And he's, got, he's had four flat screens since I've not even had one. Or how about their car? I'm driving this jalopy, and man, they get a new car every six months. You're turning green. That's a work of the flesh. Being jealous is the work of the flesh. Hmm. Fits of rage. Just going to leave that right there. We've been married a couple years. Y'all never experienced a fit of rage, have you? Nobody in here. You can't relate with what I'm saying, what I'm about to say at all. Married a couple years, and y'all know we've never had a fight in 24 years. Almost 24 years. Because we're perfect, right? We've been married a couple years, and we're having a discussion. We'll call it a discussion for this setting. And if you don't know my wife really well, she can say something with a, just a calm demeanor without raising her voice, just like I'm talking right now. And I can have my head up there somewhere, just calm, cool, collected, cold as ice, and have me in outer space somewhere. And we were having a discussion, and she said something, and I went down the hall in our house, and I punched the wall, and I put my fist to the drywall. Yeah, I know, right? Your pastor. That's a fit of rage. And, and that's all fine and well. But it was like, it was, I don't even think, five minutes later. She's like, now you got to fix that. And the entire time, and yeah, I know how to fix that. And the entire time I'm fixing that hole, she's laughing at me. We got an amen for that. That's awesome. She's laughing at me while I'm fixing the hole in the drywall where I put my fist to the wall because I had a fit of rage. That is, you may not have those things happen to you. But they happen to me. And that is evidence of not being led by the Spirit. And that is not my finest hour. But it's those moments. What did Martin Luther King Jr. say? True character is not known or shown in times where it's easy. True character and what you're really made of is shown in times of adversity. 
And that's what this is all about. Because what is in you will come out at some point. When you're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off and you flip them off, guess what that is? That's not fruit of the Spirit. Just going to lay that right there. That's, that's just not that. So it's, it's those kinds of things. When we're led by the Spirit, those things happen. Get it, you're flesh, I'm flesh. We've all sinned, we're going to sin again. But because we can do something doesn't necessarily mean that we should do something. Because I can yell at somebody and, and curse at them and flip them off if I want to when they do something dumb in a car. Doesn't mean that I, I should do that because I am modeling, I am representing, I am professing that I am a child of God. And my life can only match my words if I'm led by the Spirit of God. Because the fruit is the fruit. An apple tree can't pretend to be an orange tree. It can't do it. So let's get back to this scripture. Fits of rage. I got sidetracked. Selfish ambition. Do you step on people to get ahead? Dissensions. Factions. Hmm. Envy. Mm -hmm. Envy. Drunkenness. Leave that one there. Orgies and the like. Leave that one there. I warn you, this is Paul, I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now understand, he didn't say those who make mistakes. There's a difference between a sin and a life of sin. There's a difference in a mistake and a lifestyle. There's a difference in making a mistake and using excuses to live how you want to live. Just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something. And you will, we will all have the opportunity to do all those things right there. That's just how it is. We're free to do all of this. But just because we can, dot, dot, dot. Hopefully by now you can fill that blank in. I've said enough times that just because you can, there you go. Just because you can doesn't mean that you should. He's listed all the attributes of the flesh and what that looks like and the spirits up next. And this is how you know you got God's spirit living inside you. The fruit of the spirit is love. I'm feeling lighter already. The fruit of the spirit is love. It's joy. It's peace. It's forbearance or self-control. It's kindness. It's goodness. It's faithfulness. Gentleness, it's self-control. Against such there is no law. We're free to be those things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Or since we live with the Spirit, let us be led by the Spirit of God. So we have, the, this is the great litmus test for our lives right here. The flesh and the spirit and the war that goes on in there. So ask yourself this question. How are we doing? I had a moment yesterday. Anybody have a moment yesterday? I might have had two. But understand a mistake isn't a lifestyle. We have to get where we're having mistakes and not habitual lifestyle or, or that we're comfortable in, the, in that, in living that way and having those lapses. How, are, how am I doing? How are you doing? We all sin. We're all going to sin again. Just don't use it as an excuse. 
Just don't use it as an excuse. The Spirit of God is the only way to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. It's the only way to do it because we are physically powerless to live like this without the Spirit of God dwelling in us. We can acknowledge God. We can learn about Him. We can come to church. But unless you have this peace, we'll continue to struggle. As Jesus himself said before he ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit gives us power. It gives power to change our lives. It gives power to live a clean and holy life. It gives us power to defeat the enemy who wants so badly, so badly to destroy us. God's Spirit works through us and it works for us. Let's go back to Romans for a minute. Romans 8, 5 to 8. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. That means if you live according to your flesh, all you're thinking about all the time is what you want, what you want, what you want. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind is governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile. King James says it's an enemy of God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. If we live a lifestyle that is all about us, and we're not living according to what God's Spirit is telling us, we cannot please God. Let's break it down super simple. If I'm led by the flesh, I'm hostile toward God. If I'm led by the Spirit, it brings life and peace into my life. If I'm led by God's Spirit, I will fulfill His purpose for my life. Let's go to the Old Testament for a little bit of perspective. Psalm 23. You can probably quote this. A lot of you can. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He, he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell where? In the house of the Lord forever. So here, Scripture is telling us that we're being led by God as the shepherd in our life. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. That He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. When I'm facing difficulty, I won't be afraid. He's got me. Amen. He's got me. I will feast in the presence of my enemies. Think about that. The haters are surrounding you. The people who said you can't get where you're going. The people who said you'll fail. The people who said you're worthless. The people who called you names. How about a feast in the presence of them? You may not have an actual feast. Let's just break it down. But something will happen to where they will see that you made it. That you are good enough. That you're not a loser. Evidence will be born in your life. And that will be your feast in the presence of your enemies. I'm blessed beyond measure. Goodness and mercy will follow me because I'm being led. Because I'm following the good shepherd. I will dwell in his house forever. We see the benefits right here. Allowing our lives to be led by God. We see the benefits of that. 
So why don't more of us live like that? Or maybe we don't know about it. Or maybe we do know about it and, and life has just become convenient and easy and, and we're more concerned about us than we are about anything else. There are people in this room today that live lives that are led by God's Spirit and it's evident. There are people in, in this room that, that your life really isn't led by the, God, by the Spirit of God and that's evident as well. We, we need to get to a place where something clicks inside of us and we, we, we have to get to a place where we want it. Amen. You can see it. You can see the evidence of it. But until you want it, you're just seeing it. You have the knowledge of it, but you're not experiencing it. You have to get to a place where you want to be led by the Spirit of God. Understand this. Being led by the Spirit of God is, is, isn't just so we don't sin. It isn't just so we don't do wrong or bad things. It's not just about not sinning. Being led by the Spirit of God is going to lead us to the good things that God has for us. Being led by the Spirit of God is following God's plan for our life. It's listening when He speaks. It's listening to the voice of God that's in us. It's denying my sinful flesh. It's growing in holiness. It's because I want to be more like Jesus. Amen. And the, mo the more I become like Jesus, the more holy I become because he's a holy God. And the more I become like him, the more holy I become. Not by what I do. Not by what I say. But because of who I am. And whose I am. Being led by God's Spirit is walking in faith. It's walking by faith. What does Scripture say about that? Walk by faith, not by, not by sight. Sometimes the evidence around us completely contradicts what I'm talking about because it, sometimes it seems like hell just opens up and comes against us. Has anybody experienced that? You might be experiencing it right now. The evidence of your promise, the evidence of the blessing of God in your life may not be apparent, but, but it's there. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's not a pretty place. That's not a fun place. That means things are sideways. That means things are upside down. Even though I'm, even though I'm walking, it didn't say that we won't walk there. It said even though I'm walking through this dark and this lonely and this nasty place, I'm not going to be afraid because you are with me. You give me comfort. You give me comfort. It's walking by faith. When you're, walking by, when you're w being led by the Spirit and you're walking by faith, you're going to react differently than you did before when faced with difficulty or adversity or sickness or lack. You're going to react differently when those things happen. You're going to react differently when, you're, when disappointment comes. Has anybody ever been disappointed? Something happened this week that really a lot of stuff was hanging on this nail. And it was, it was a door I was wanting so badly to open, 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 open. Prayed about it, prayed about it. And you know sometimes that some, some things and answers from God are kind of ambiguous. And you're like, I'm not, just not sure what to do. Maybe I could go through this door. Maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. I'm not sure what to do. This week, something happened that a door slammed so hard and so fast. It's the fastest and loudest door slam I've ever heard in my life. Like, for real. Nothing has ever been more clear. It's never been more of a no than what happened this week. 
And you know what? It didn't matter. And that, for me, is a personal growth point. Because when I get told no, it doesn't matter to me. I've sold enough things in my life that no is not really no. That no is just there's another objection to overcome. That they say no because they don't think, or no because they don't, they're not sure about it. But no is not always no. And you work around the no till you get the yes. That's just how it is. So when I'm told, when you tell me no, I don't hear it. All I, when, when you tell me no, I don't accept that. Just, just tell, reference point for who I am. I, when you say no, I don't hear that and I don't accept it. I start looking for reasons why you said no and how to overcome those objections. So just for future reference, when you say no, I didn't hear that. The no is a maybe. Maybe if you overcome this. So I don't hear no, typically. So when this no happened, there was no question. And what, what encouraged me, I have to grow. I, I have to grow just like you do. And what encouraged me this week is that when, when that door slammed shut with a deadbolt, when it slammed shut, my gut reaction is always, well, how else can I make it work? And I go to work on trying to make that thing work. And when this door slammed, it didn't happen. That's a personal miracle for me. It may not mean much to you, but it's a big deal to me because I didn't immediately start trying to figure out how to make this thing work. I accepted it. I'm like, okay, if that's not it, something else is coming. That's walking by faith. And I haven't all, I just told you, I haven't always been like that. But when you, you make a con- concentrated effort to let God's Spirit lead you, and you walk by faith, you will face adversity, you will have doors slammed in your face, people will get sick, people will die. That's, that's just how it is. What does Scripture say about our life? That we're all appointed a time to die. So we know death is coming. And if we really have the, the maturity to look at this thing big picture when we die and we know Jesus that's the best thing that can happen to us right but with us and our, our idea of community man we go kicking and screaming and when somebody you love dies that, that can just completely make you spin out I know my mom died and I, and I didn't want her to die but that's, that's, that's life that sounds trite and, and callous but it's something that I've lived when we walk by faith, we have peace that doesn't make sense. Amen. Philippians, let's go right there right now. Philippians 4. Don't worry about anything. I love this scripture. Instead, pray about everything. Let's stop right there for a minute. What part of everything is not included in everything? So what part of my life is not included in everything? Do you have to pray about what shoes to put on in the morning? Not really. But when, I, when I'm going to get a credit card, I should pray about that. When I'm going to buy a car, that's a big commitment. That's, that's, it, that used to be a four-year commitment. Now it's six or seven. For real, when I bought my first car, it was a three-year loan. Now if you get by with six, you're lucky. Now they're offering seven-year financing on a car. So when you buy a car, you had better pray about that because you're committing for a long term. When you buy a house, 
That's forever. That's 30 years. Now they're offering 40-year mortgages. Yes. That's a long time. Pray about that stuff. When you're dating somebody, pray about that. Do they love Jesus? Do they know him? Oh, it got pen dropped quiet right there, didn't it? You had better make sure the person that you're hitching up with, that you're connecting to, that you're planning your life with, has the same life goals that you do. Pray about everything. Pray about your career path. Because God has placed specific gifts and talents inside of you that he wants to use for his kingdom and his glory. And if, and if you go to the right school, and if you get the right job, if you start the right business, if you are in the right place at the right time, God is going to bless and prosper you. But if you're constantly doing things and going your own way, and making decisions because it feels good, and you want this, and you want this, and you want this, you can get yourself down a whole path that's completely different than what God has for you. And until you come back to center and focus on God and being spirit-led, it could spin out for a minute and you could face some crazy stuff. We're talking about being led by the Spirit of God. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. I love this scripture. And thank Him for all He has done. Then you'll experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. King James says he gives us peace that passes understanding. Peace that passes or exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. As you are led by him. As you are led by his spirit. I love this verse. Don't worry about it. Let God's spirit lead you. And here's what will happen. You'll get where you're supposed to be. Isn't that simple? I didn't say it would happen when you want it to happen or maybe even in the manner you want it to happen. But you will get where you're supposed to be. You'll be in that spot with the person that you're supposed to be there with. It's walking by faith. It's trusting. Well, it's not happening like, like I, I thought. It, I think it should. Well, maybe not. It's not happening as fast as I want it to. Maybe not. But you'll be where you're supposed to be. You'll be who he's designed you to be there with. And you'll have what he's designed you to have. What better promise is it than that? What better promise do we have than if, if we don't worry about it, if we allow God's spirit to lead us, we're going to get where we're supposed to be. We're going to be in that spot with the person that we're designed to be with. And we're going to be doing what he's designed us to do. And we're going to have what he's designed us to have. That's the promise of God. That's walking in favor. That's walking in the favor of God. That's being led by his spirit. That's, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I will fear no evil because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I'm being led by the spirit of God. Jeremiah says, I know the thoughts that I have, that I think toward you, thoughts to prosper you, and thoughts to give you an expected end. An expected end, that means he's got a plan. When you start a project, what's the, what, what do you expect out of that project? 
Last week, we had to do a science project with Taylor and Sierra. We had to build a catapult. And we didn't start that project to build a catapult to bake bread. How absurd does that sound? We didn't start that catapult to lift a car. We didn't start the catapult to clean our room. We started the catapult project to throw something as far as we could. That was the, the, the end game. And what did it go? 61 feet? 62. It was a good catapult. We started the project of the catapult to throw something as far as we could throw it. When you start to go to Disney, you don't expect to end up in California. You might. But that's not the thought. You're thinking, I'm going to go see Mickey. In the south, not the west coast. You have an, an expectation. You have a plan. We are in the same situation with God. He has an expected end for every one of us. And the only way we get there is to be led by His Spirit. The only way we realize what God has for our life is, is to allow Him to lead us, to bring the people into our life that He wants in our life, to take the people out of our life that He doesn't want in our life. And when we face adversity, when people get sick, when we don't have money, when people die, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the earth, I will fear no evil because you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I have peace that doesn't stink and make sense. I can't explain what happened this week when that door slammed shut. But I know it doesn't matter. And it was a big one. It doesn't matter because God's got this. And his result is his result. I, I don't see the big picture all the time. All I see is, is what? Is right in front of our face. That's what I see. I know the thoughts that I have toward you. Thoughts to prosper you. And to give you an expected end. I said two weeks ago that I want everything that God has for me. Everything. The only way I realize that is by allowing His Spirit to lead me. This is the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. This is it. You and me. Me and you. Today, I pray that somebody that's going through something would allow God to speak to your mind, your heart, your spirit, comfort you, to give you peace that doesn't make sense, to give you calm in the face of adversity, to help you through the tough spot you're in, even though provision may seem lacking, even though the people around you may seem like it's, it's just all falling apart, I pray that God would give you peace and let you know that you are in his hand. And that when you're led by His Spirit, you may go through tough times. You may go through adversity. But it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. Pray about everything. And tell Him what you need. When we're led by God's Spirit, walking in His will. That's the benefit we have of this process. Maybe you find yourself in a situation where you've made decisions for a long time based on what makes sense to you. What does Scripture say about that? Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Pray about it. And He will direct your path. Maybe you're, 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 you're dealing with some stuff right now that's a, a, a product of your decisions that you've made that, that you know weren't the right decisions. And time has borne that out. doesn't mean you have to stay where you are. It doesn't mean you have to suffer. 
it means that you, you, you come to a point where you realize I've been making my own decisions for way too long and I've created this situation and now it's time to let somebody else make the decisions for me and for me to be led by the Spirit of God and for my life to change. Maybe that's where you are. And maybe this is all new to you and you're just starting fresh. Maybe you just need to tuck this away and make a decision today that you're going to change your life and you're going to change it by, by giving your heart to God and you're going to change your life by letting Him lead you and guide you. Today I believe somebody needs to make a decision to let the Spirit of God lead you. Make, your, make a commitment to Jesus Christ. Surrender your life to, and your will to His and here's the kicker. Trust. Trust Him. Trust Him with your future. Trust Him with your dreams. Trust Him with your plans. Don't go off and do something and ask God to bless it. Ask God what to do. And then build from there. That's a paradigm shift. That's being led by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Allow God's Spirit to lead you in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. Beyond your imagination, you'll be blessed because He's the God of exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. That's who He is. You're going to be blessed. But trust Him to bring the blessing instead of you trying to figure out a way to get it. Don't try to trick your way into blessing. Don't try to push your way into blessing. Let God bring it. You follow Him, it will come.